We'll turn to John chapter number 14. John chapter 14, and we're going to continue a series I started last week called God in You. God in You. We're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. We're going to talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit today. And then next week, we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. So God in You, those three things, God in You, the person of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week, I read from John chapter 16. Here's what John chapter 16 says. Talking about the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a He. And so Jesus began to give this teaching, and He's talking to the disciples, and He begins to to begin to highlight who the Holy Spirit was, and He uses over and over, and you see it up on your screen in John chapter 16. He says, He... When he has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but he and his. And so he talks about this from a very personal pronoun statement. The Holy Spirit is a person, right? And then I highlighted as well, it's not just talking about he. Look what else he says in John chapter 16. He's talking also about you, you, right? So it's him and you. In other words, what Jesus is saying, he's introducing to his disciples this concept, this idea of a very personal relationship that you can have with the Holy Spirit. That from here on out, when I leave, it is going to be all about you and him. Now, some people don't understand that concept. Some churches don't teach it as well. They don't teach that the Holy Spirit is a person. They kind of treat him as if, well, he is just a a force. You know, I mean, I think that's the most common thought process when it comes to the Holy Spirit, that you cannot have a personal relationship with him. It's just a force, and that if the force shows up, great, and the force heals, great, and the force moves, great, and and it's unpredictable, and, and you cannot talk to him, you cannot have a relationship with him. He's just the force, and there's a very few select Jedi who are able to manipulate and move the force. And if you're not Luke Skywalker, oh well, too bad. Only the pastor can use the force. How many of you know that's not true, right? That's not true. The Holy Spirit is a person, but some people don't know how to relate to him. Some churches don't know how to talk about him. They relate to the Holy Spirit as if he is a body organ. You know what I'm saying? It's like he's the thyroid gland. I I don't know what he does, but he's important, and I'm glad he's here. But I really couldn't tell you what he does. That's kind of how they relate to the Holy Spirit. He's like a gland in your body. Now, don't come up afterwards and tell me all about your thyroid. I really don't want to hear about it, all right? It's not that exciting to me. But how many know the Holy Spirit is not just some organ somewhere that's important? We need him. No, the Holy Spirit is a person. And you can walk with him and you can talk with him. He is a person. He has a personality. And so we talked about these things last week. And and this week I want to talk to you about why it's so important for you to understand the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want to start with this question this morning. And the question is this, would you rather have Jesus beside you or the Holy Spirit in you? Isn't that a great question? Would you rather have Jesus walking beside you on a daily basis? He's walking beside you. 
or would you rather have the Holy Spirit in you? Some of you go, can I get all of the above? No, you can't. Because that's kind of what the disciples went through. When Jesus started teaching his disciples, I'm going away. Imagine their brain processes, their thought processes. They're thinking to themselves, what do you mean you're leaving? We need you here. Do you remember us in the boat? Do you remember how we freaked out, you know? Now what are we going to do, right? But listen to that question. Would you rather have Jesus beside you or the Holy Spirit in you, right? And some of you are going, can I get both? You can't get both. Jesus, though, actually answers that question. You know, Jesus answers that question. Here's what he says in John chapter 16. He says, it is to your advantage that I go away. Think about that for a minute. Jesus said, you're better off with him than with me. I'll tell you what, that really gives us pause. Think about that. Because most churches, most people in America, some of you, some of you, when you heard that question, you go, well, he's teaching on the Holy Spirit. I know the answer to that question. But I guarantee you, if you would ask most Christians out there, would you rather have Jesus beside you, the Holy Spirit in you? Most people would go, I'd rather have Jesus, of course. And Jesus' answer to that question is no, no. You're better off with the Holy Spirit. It is to your advantage that he leaves, that I go away, Jesus says that I go away and that the Holy Spirit comes. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. Jesus said you're better off with him. Why? Because Jesus is thinking in myself, I have limitations. I have physical limitations. I cannot be everywhere at all times. I have to sleep. I like sleep every now and then. Anybody like sleep every now and then? It's not bad. It's a good thing to do every now and then. I have these limitations. I can't be everywhere at all times. But the Holy Spirit, guess what? He's there. He's there all the time, everywhere. He never sleeps. He's always with you. So Jesus says it's actually better for you to have the Holy Spirit in you than it is to have me beside you. That's powerful. So if that's true, then we better learn how to relate to the Holy Spirit. We better better learn how to, to say, okay, Jesus, what did you mean? By it's better, we're better off with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is teaching now. Now he's already kind of talked to his disciples. If you're in John chapter 14, we're going to start in verse number 16, right? And it says this, John chapter 14, verse number 16 says, And I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Watch this. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, I want to read it to you. You see it up on the screen. I want to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. Again, look at it. It says this. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. To be with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, bereaved and helpless. I will come back 
to you. Here's what Jesus is saying. I'm going to pray the Father. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to ask him to give you another helper. And now the Amplified Bible takes that word and it begins to amplify it. That's why it's called the Amplified Bible. And it begins to amplify the meaning behind it. And it says that that word, helper, literally is constructed of several different meanings. And it begins to talk to it and it says he is a comforter. He is a counselor. He is an intercessor. He is a strengthener. He is an advocate. He is your standby. In other words, the Holy Spirit is everything that you need at every moment in your life. Hallelujah. And so Jesus is saying like this, you need the Holy Spirit. He doesn't have limitations, physical limitations like I have. He is with you all the time, everywhere that you go. In fact, he is going to be in you. Hallelujah. He's God in you. He says, I'm going to pray the Father. Now watch this. I'm going to pray to the Father, and he's going to give you another helper. Another helper. It's going to be me continued. Come on now. Because that word, that phrase right there, I highlighted it on the screen for you because it literally means this. Those two words, another helper means allos parakletos, depending on how you pronounce it in the Greek, but it's, it's uh, another of the exact same kind. Another of the exact same kind. So what Jesus is saying to his disciples, he's saying, just like I am to you, the Holy Spirit is going to be to you. Just like I am. He's another of the exact same kind. It's kind of like this. If you, if you had a really nice car, let's just say you had a, an extremely, extremely nice car. Let's just say it's a Porsche 911. You know what I mean? Because that's, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, right? So it's a Porsche 911 and you have to take it in and get some work done. So you take it to the Porsche dealership and they say, it's going to, it's going to take a, a, you know, a day or so for us to do all the work to get, that you need to get done on it. So we're going to give you a loaner. And they come out with this Honda Civic. Now, there's nothing wrong. Listen, there is nothing wrong with a Honda Civic. I drive a Honda Civic. It's a great car. It's very dependable, right? It'll get you from zero to 60 in at least a minute and a half, somewhere around there. But I've driven a Porsche 911. And let me tell you, it ain't no Honda Civic. You know what I'm saying? So now you're driving around this Honda Civic for a couple of days, and you're thinking, you know what? This is okay, but this ain't a Porsche. Do you hear what I'm saying now? This is not as fast. It's not as comfortable. Huh? I, I, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not used to this. And so you're kind of, you're, you're driving this Honda Civic and you're used to that Porsche. And what Jesus says to you is this. He says, I'm not going to give you something any less than I am to you. It's the same kind. In fact, it's even better, and the reason why it's better is because it's to your advantage, because now it's going to be in you. Hallelujah. The power that I have over the enemy, it's now in you. The power to heal, it's in you. The power to raise from the dead, come on now, it's in you. The power to set captives free and cleanse lepers, listen, it's all in you now. Hallelujah. Come on now. We're not, we're not trading in for something lower or lesser. It's not a downsize. Come on now. 
So what Jesus is saying when he's teaching on the Holy Spirit is I'm going to pray and you're going to get another helper of the exact same kind. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to bring you into all truth. He knows all things and you're going to be better off without me if you get him. Now, if we know all that to be true and it says it right here, then why would we not Make every effort as a church, as an individual, to study and develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's that important. Huh? Yet in many churches, he's forgotten. In many churches, he's ignored. In many churches, he's relegated to prayer rooms, to certain services. Come on now. To a a, a camp meeting once a year. And then we never talk about him again. Never talk about him again. Jesus is saying he's in you. That's where he needs to be, in you. In you, right? And he is the God of all comfort. He's the God of all comfort. Because he says this later in that verse when we read it. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I'll not leave you as orphans. An orphan is what? Someone who has no knowledge of their father. Right? Someone who, 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 there's no sense of belonging. There's no, there's no attachment. Huh? He says this, I'm not going to leave you like that. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit is going to do is he's going to give you a sense of attachment. He's going to give you a sense of belonging. He's going to give you comfort when you don't have comfort. Huh? He's he's going to let you know that you are part of a family because Romans chapter 8 says this, you didn't receive the spirit of a bondage to fear. In fact, you've received the spirit of adoption. And the Holy Spirit actually bears witness with our spirit and tells us you are a child of God. You're a child of God. I was talking this week... uh, uh, to Pastor Alex Goncalves, and we were talking, you know, he was with us for several years, and now he's moved away to, to, to begin his own church, and we're just talking about how things are going, just kind of catching up, and I began to talk to him about, you know, some situations in his life where he had a loved one who was facing death, and I said, tell me, tell me about this situation, and I said, tell me about the person that was so close to you, a member of his family, that had passed away. Tell me about your conversations with him right before he passed away. And he said, Pastor, you know, he had been a Christian all his life, yet still there was some fear there, some fear there. And I said to him, as I sat down with this man who was facing death, I said to him, what are you afraid of? Is there anything you're afraid of? And he said, I'm just not certain that I'm saved. Just don't know that I know. He said, okay, let's do this. Let's pray. Let's pray and just once again say, Jesus, come into my heart so that the Holy Spirit can bear witness with you, can can confirm in you. You belong. You belong. You know, when I grew up and moved out of my parents' house, I had no problem walking in and just opening up the fridge going anywhere I wanted, doing what I wanted, putting my feet up, 
relaxing, turning on the TV, changing the TV, turning the air down. <laughs> My parents kept it like 78 degrees. <laughs> like, can we turn on the air in this place? What? I had no problem with that because I walked in not as a stranger, I walked in as family. Amen. Let me tell you, when you wake up in the morning and you grab this book and you go to your prayer time and your prayer closet, your devotional moments with God, listen, you come in not as a stranger, as a foreigner, as an alien, as someone who's just trying to figure some things out. You come in as a child of God. You come into God's presence as one of his sons and one of his daughters and you say, hey, this book was written for me. It talks to me about who I am. I am a child of God. I belong to God. The Holy Spirit has confirmed it with me. He tells me that I'm not alone. I'm not an orphan. I'm not an outcast. I'm not an alien. I belong to him. Amen. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And Jesus said, that's why it's so important that I go away and that he shows up because he is going to comfort you in that. Amen. That you belong. See, the devil will tell you you don't belong, you're, you're a stranger, you're an alien, you're not even saved. I'm telling you, there's people who have been in church all their life, and, and they're saved, they belong to God, and the devil still comes with those thoughts. You're not saved. Come on now. You're not saved. You yelled at your wife. Well, who hasn't? Well, some people maybe. Some of you super husbands, you know, have never lifted up your voice. Bless the Lord. Aren't you special? But I know this, I've said some things I'd like to take back. Come on now. And I've had to say, God, forgive me, right? Why are y'all clapping that part? That's not the part you're supposed to clap at. <laughs> Anybody ever make some mistakes and blown it and you feel like now, now I don't know. No, listen, listen, the Holy Spirit will confirm with your spirit, you belong to him. And I need that in my life. I've been saved a long time. But I still need the Holy Spirit to say, Brian, you're a child of God. You're a son of God. You belong to God. You're not an alien. You're not an orphan. Huh? And that word literally means I will not leave you comfortless. He is a comforter, right? I want to give you three ways real quick that the Holy Spirit gives us comfort. Three ways that the Holy Spirit brings comfort into our life. The first way is by knowing he'll never leave us. We just know he'll never leave us just know it. I know that he's going to be there. He's going to be here for me. Hebrews chapter 13 says that he himself said he'll never leave you. Now watch this or forsake you. Now leave is physical. In other words, his presence will never depart from you. But forsake is emotional. He said, I'll never, I'll never turn my heart away from you, right? Because sometimes people can be in your presence, but still they, they don't have a heart for you. They've checked out. They're home, but they're not home. Huh? And the Holy Spirit says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'll never turn my heart away from you. He will never leave you. Whatever you're going through, he's with you. He is with you. I know some of you have heard this is a silly illustration that, that um, you know, sometimes we use them as pastors, but you've seen the, the poem Footprints in the Sand which was turned into a song, which is the worst song ever written in the history of songs. Footprints in the sand. Anyway, it's terrible. Just Google it. It's the worst. It's the worst. But the truth of it is there. One night I had a dream. 
Huh? And in my worst moments, there's one set of footprints. Listen, he'll never, never leave you. He'll never leave you. When everybody walks out, he's still there. Amen? He'll never leave you. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. You know that he knows all things. And we looked at this verse last week, but let's look at it again. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says this, that no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And it's his job to take those things that he knows, those things which belong to God. It's his job to take those and reveal them to you. He is the only one who knows your future. He's the only one, the one that knows what life looks like five years from now. He's the only one that sees everything from beginning to end. He is the only one that has your purpose, your plan, God's will for your life already mapped out. He knows all things. Hallelujah. He knows all things. I don't know if you heard last, the, the news came out. In fact, I got a text message. It said, Loxahatchee man wins the lottery. Did y'all see this? Some man won the lottery in Loxahatchee. They texted me, said, Pastor, you might want to spend an extra long time taking the offering because he might show up at church. They said he's 41. I'm like, who is 41 in our church? I began to look at the role. No, I didn't. I didn't actually look at the role, but, you know, we just, we just, those are just random things. You pick numbers. It's a guess. It's luck. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is not random. There's no luck involved. There's no coincidence involved. He knows everything. Amen. Amen. Everything. He knows the winning lottery numbers. He already knows them. And he's probably not going to tell you because you never know. You're going to buy some Porsche 911 with that kind of money. You know what I'm saying? And God wants you to have a Civic. So so you, you just drive the Civic and just be content. Hallelujah. Amen. He knows all things. And the third thing is this, by knowing that he empowers us to overcome. He empowers us to overcome. Remember I said I want to talk about three things. The first thing I want to talk about is his, his person. Right? His person. He is a person. And then this week, we're talking about his presence. Next week, I want to talk to you about the power of the Holy Spirit We're going to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, next week. And I'm going to talk to you about how Acts chapter 1, we'll look at it this week. Jesus said this, you shall receive power. Power. And there's two different types of power that I want to talk to you about next week. But listen to me. He gives you power. Power. Huh? That's why I said he's not just some force. He's not just someone, he is a person, right? He's a person, he's always with you, he's all-knowing, and let me tell you, he has power, and he wants to give it to you, give it to you. Do you know in John chapter 14, just a few verses down from what we read today, verse 25, it says this, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. Think about that. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, and he goes on to say this, I'm going to leave you with peace. Peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, not giving it that way, where it's this temporary peace, where it's based on circumstances only, right? 
where when things are good and all the bills are paid and, and, and you're off the medication and you're not struggling and the family's great. How many of you know the family's great, right? Oh, the family's wonderful. There's no dysfunction. All the in-laws are just acting perfectly normal. Come on now. Then you'll have peace. Good luck, right? Jesus said, I'm giving you a different kind of peace. I'm leaving peace with you. In other words, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. He gives us peace today. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment.